welcome to Asian Girl Squad. We're the Asian girls that your mama wants you to bring home and we're the friends that are always down to get some boba. We all have our own set of opinions and stories that we hope you can relate to and join us for a laugh. It's your host, Tiffany. And I'm Erica. Tiffany here. Okay, let's get started. Hello, hello. Hello. <laughs> Hi, Tiffany. Hi. Hi. Okay, we got some juicy stuff today. We have my brother and his friends here. We got the boys. We got some male. We finally got some (laughs) male perspectives. My brother, Angus, his friend, Ryan, and his friend, Amma. Yes. Yay, got it, right? (laughs) So you guys all recently graduated from college, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. So we wanted to chat about it today about, you know, we always talk about um, Asian girl stereotypes or Asian daughter stereotypes. So we want to get the perspective of the dudes. Here's how men are perceived because, you know, I I think if we can shed some light or, you know, uh, overall perspective, like females are seen as like sexual objects or very docile, submissive. Did you get that feeling of Asian women as that? Uh, no, because uh, I live in a female household, so I live with my mom, my grandma, my sister. Oh, oh okay. So Peter is very respected, and like, so for my mom, I see her as both father figure and mother figure. So um, I didn't really see women as like objects. I didn't really have that growing up either. Mine and Tiffany's dad will always joke about how things were going on, how I had, you know, two or three mothers in the house every single day. I can see that. That's literally how I grew up and everything else like that. It's just having basically two moms. Like, and at the restaurant too, I I have three mothers in the restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, okay. You have a yeah. big family like yeah. that. Like I have, I have our aunt, I have Tiffany, I have my mom. Like, Everything I do and stuff like that, I just get scolded by those three people and I don't do it right. I I just get yelled, scolded at like my mom yelling at it, like scolding a child, even though it's like what I'm doing is nice. Or like, they say like, oh, Angus, do this. Like, I, I gotta drop what I'm doing. I guess I gotta drop what I'm doing and do this immediately, you know? So I, I don't see that at all. Yeah, my mom was, uh, she was a traditional tiger mom. Yeah, very assertive uh, whenever I was, or whenever I stepped out of line, she just put me back in place. <laughs> what what type of utensil or object would she use to put you back in line? She used her fighting words. That's <laughs> <laughs> kind of so hard. <laughs> you all born here or like you moved to here when you were here? Uh, I immigrated here when I was seven. Seven? Yeah, mm-hmm. from Taiwan. So yeah. I came here when I was 17 from yeah. Angus, you're, you're just yeah, an ABC. <laughs> okay, so then because you guys all have different like kind of paths of how you got here. So in the Philippines, you know, you're the majority. How did you feel when you came here? And did you feel like you became the minority? Yes. Yeah, I was actually kind of culture shock because mm. first time I came here, I was living in New Jersey. It's in a suburb and everywhere I go, I'm like, oh, shit, I need to speak in English. And then I get shy because it's my first time. So it was it was kind of tough. 
Did you already know English before you came? Yes, yeah. Uh, we learned English in the Philippines ever since like nursery or kindergarten. <laughs> But actually speaking in English every day, mm. it's kind of like we're, we keep thinking, oh, what if our grammar is wrong? What if we sound like our accent suddenly comes out? <laughs> So, yeah. Yeah, but you're good now. Yep. Yeah, we'll yeah, practice. I, 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 yeah. <laughs> Because I came here, I moved here like when I was 21. Mm -hmm. So it was like really grown up. Like yeah. I don't really speak English at all like daily. Mm -hmm. So like I, I know how you feel about that. Kind of scary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a culture shock. Uh, when I moved here, like my family first lived in New Hampshire. So it was like pretty suburban. suburban. Yeah. And uh, I think it was like like two Asian kids in my grade. Mm -hmm. And then everyone else was like white. And then everything I did was just so foreign to them. Like mm -hmm. some of the foods I ate and stuff like that. Yeah. And then, like my pronunciation and my grammar. And there were like definitely sometimes where it was pretty embarrassing because mm -hmm. they said like the wrong thing or it's like pronounce something really weirdly. Did you feel like you had to hide who you were? Yeah, yeah, I would say so because going back to the food thing, like, you know, my mom would bring like more traditional like Asian dishes. Right, like Chinese Yeah. Like sometimes like my peers would be like, oh, like what is that? Like it smells strong. Yeah. Like it's just food. Right. Well, for me, I like the thing I didn't hide it because whenever I go out, then I'd say, oh, I graduated high school early. They're like, oh, shit, you're so smart. But in the Philippines, there's no like there's no seventh grade and eighth grade. You just go to high school right away. That's why yeah, 16, 17, graduate high school. So they thought me, I was like, you're really smart. They wanted to be friends. Oh, so technically when you came, did you go into high school or did you get to go to college? I wanted to try high school here, but they didn't let me. Because there are some that were from the Philippines, so they kind of know that you already did high school. Mm -hmm. So they said, no, you need to go to college. So I was like, shit. <laughs> And then the college that I went to, because I didn't know what I wanted, because my family wanted me to be a nurse, mm -hmm. like typical Filipino mm -hmm. children wanted to be a nurse. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't know, kind of scared of needles, <laughs> getting pokes, you know? Yeah. So I went to community college. I didn't like it, but I've made some friends. So what do you do now? I'm an accountant now. So Edler family approved that? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Where's money? But they wanted nurse because <laughs> it's easier to get a job and the pay is kind of good. I don't know if it's still good, but. I'm curious, like you, you're doing accounting and not doing nursing as your family had asked. Do you feel like you're disappointing your family in order? So right now I'm kind of like the breadwinner in the family. So I think they accepted it because during college I'm I've been working two jobs yeah. while attending college and then it was pretty tough, but yeah. I managed to do it. Yeah. So I guess their respect kind of like went up. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And they probably accepted 
you know, like, you're a cop and like, I guess you know, he look can't, to you too. Yeah, I guess he can't do that thing, but yeah. <laughs> so as a man, did you feel like you had to be the breadwinner? For sure. Yeah, because uh, my dad passed away when I was young. Mm-hmm. So I feel like when we got to U.S., I had to kind of step up because my mom had married someone and then that stepdad wanted me to go to the Navy. Mm. I was like, I don't want to go to the Navy because I'm going to get, I'm going to go crazy there. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, six to nine months in a ship, mm. I'm going to survive that Navy, Navy life. So when I told my stepdad, I don't want to go to the Navy, he wanted me to be a postman because he was a postman. Oh. I was like, <laughs> Postmen are are just as hardcore as any of the military. I can't do it. So <laughs> after I refused those two paths, his uh, I guess attitude towards me changed and my mom didn't like it. So Divorce that shit. Oh, <laughs> That's why I moved to Boston, but such a yeah. powerful. And yeah. kudos to your mom for being so strong. Yeah. And kudos for you for like <laughs> discovering your path, right? You know, like you had these people giving you this pressure, like I want you to be a nurse, I want you to be in the navy, a postman, yeah. whatever it is. But you were like, no, like how did you want to know that you wanted to go into accounting? Accounting. I actually didn't want to go to accounting. Well, like, do you think you're going to stick with it? Do you think you're going to go into nursing? Do you feel like you're going to go rogue and leave your passion? I don't I'm not sure yet, but yeah, for now. Because it's safe. Yeah, so it's safe. But uh, I kind of want to try something in the future. Yeah. I just wanted to get my... MBA first that they'll pay for, you know, oh, nice. gotta use them yeah, you gotta, for the you benefits. You gotta use the benefits. Yeah. Well, what do you think you're gonna do in the next like five years? Let's manifest it now. Oh. <laughs> I wanna, I wanna live in Hawaii. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Move there, and I don't know what I'll do there, but hopefully. Okay, Hawaii in five years. We heard it first here. Uh (laughs) Well, thank you for sharing your story. Ryan, we know that you're going to med school this fall. And we want to hear more about like your journey on how you discovered that you wanted to go to med school. We were talking about this as, you know, a lot of Asian Households want you to be a doctor, want you to be a lawyer. So uh-huh. you're following in that doctor route, right? Yeah. What uh, kind of doctor do you want to be? Ideally, dermatologist, because that's kind of where I'm, like, kind of the field that I'm working in right now, the dermatology clinic. Um, so I feel like I have a lot of exposure ready because for the last two years, uh, like my gap year, that's like just what I've been doing. Um, and it's definitely like one of the most competitive fields. Mm. But just gonna see where my medical journey takes me in four years. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I was ever pressured by my parents though um, to like pursue medicine. They actually wanted me to become like engineers, <laughs> like an engineer more, uh, because my dad's a software engineer and my mom's like, I think she studied some sort of like, oh, she did accounting as well. (laughs) (laughs) So they were like, oh, as long as you do some sort of like business or like engineering uh, field, like that's fine because it's like stable and pretty like um, simple to get into, I guess. But you just go to school for it and just find a job. (laughs) Um, But I think I 
kind of like hated doing math. Like I was good at it in high school, but I just hated it for some reason. And I was like really boring. You know, stats, dude. Yeah, just like doing, it was, it was just annoying. I Maybe like it's this, that thing that everyone says you're Asian, you're supposed to be good at math. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe I was just like being a rebel or something. I don't know. Yeah. But I was like volunteering at this uh, elderly like care thing during high school. And I found out that I really just enjoyed like helping people. Mm. It was pretty like satisfying. And I found it pretty fulfilling. Uh, so I kind of like, that was kind of like the initial spark. And then I really enjoyed chemistry, uh, AP chemistry and AP bio um, in high school. So I was just like, you know, maybe being like in healthcare is like a possibility. And then mm -hmm. that's just like what ended up happening. Congratulations on med school. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Now, Angus, we know that you just graduated with an engineering degree. <laughs> just like how Ryan says, you know, his parents would have this engineering background and of course our parents did not have any of that but our siblings both were engineers and i am definitely not an engineer so what made you want to become an engineer so originally right like i remember back in elementary school let me go way back yeah go way back right okay, like, let's paint us a picture of how old were you Oh, no, so this, so I, I went through a lot of things, right? So it's like growing up, I watched a lot of TV, I played a lot of games, you know, as a lot of kids do. Well, I say I'm scrolled, yeah, I, I was. Um, oh, this is the first time I've heard you admit it. <laughs> but, it, you know, having a lot of the stuff that we had, after a certain point, I ended up watching a lot of stuff about, uh, either on Discovery Channel and, um, Animal Planet about like deep sea underwater like marine biology and I actually got super into marine biology for a long time. Yeah, I remember you wanted to be a marine biologist. Yeah, like, and so yeah, I was thinking about doing marine biology for a while, and then I started playing more and more games. I got really, really good at playing games. <laughs> like really good. I had how many kills? No, I, I had an offer to play professionally when I was thirteen. Oh, that I kept from you, I kept from dad, I kept from everybody. Wow. I had, this is, I, didn't, I didn't know this. You guys know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, how young do you know? How do you know? I mean, I turned it down when I was 13. Why? You could have been those YouTubers. This was before YouTube was a thing. <laughs> like, this was before YouTube was popular and like the Twitch stream was popular and everything. Like it could have been a MySpace, sir. <laughs> like, I haven't heard thing. that. Oh, my. And so, like, when that happened, like, and I turned it down yeah. and just because I just wanted, I just wanted to play, at the end of the day, I just want to play the damn game with my friends. Yeah. You know? You didn't want to turn your, your hobby into. Yeah, exactly. And then that got me thinking, right? Like, I played games so much and, like, the way I was looking at games wasn't necessarily just for fun too. I was breaking down games down to its core. I understood a lot of the mechanics. I understood a lot of the system, the coding, without even seeing it, just from playing it. I was breaking games for fun. And to me, I find that so enjoyable. So like, I want to become like a game developer. So I went from marine biology to like, want to be a game dev. And the whole time, right? My dad was like, our dad was fine with me being marine biology. At least that's a science. And then I told him I want to be a game designer. And he, he just gave me a, this look because <laughs> I was doing the best in school. You know, I'm smart, but I don't try. I'm lazy. Yeah. And <laughs> no arguments. 
you know, a couple summers working the restaurant and everything, and then also helping out our dad with things like around the properties and stuff like that, fixing stuff. And I started becoming more and more like, I started understanding more. And then junior high school rolled around. Our physics teacher, I remember him talking about the robotics team and how, you know, they need like people that are good at controls. So I already thought I was going to be good just for that. And then also growing up, one of the one of my favorite sports to watch wasn't basketball, wasn't baseball, wasn't it any was of video it. game. No, it was battle box. What is battle box? Uh, it's two teams oh. literally put like build two robots, and the goal is just to destroy the other robot. Mm. And the one that's still standing is still moving wins. Oh, that was one of my favorite things. But I yeah. I did love that show. As well. And so you know, I got into the robotics team, and then to me, it was just easy. You know, I found it easy. I found it fun, and like that's that's actually the moment where I actually changed from wanting to do like game development, software development, to engineering. I started to like more and more engineering stuff like that, and so I just stuck with it. You know, your 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 family has a restaurant, and like your dad is the one who is like head of the restaurant. Like, did you ever feel pressure to take it over, or like? Oh, hundred percent. And I'm, I'm after, like, I'm curious, like, you know, what route have you taken or like, what are your thoughts around that? What are the pressures of being the son? Like hundred percent. Like there was, a, I felt like growing up, there's always that expectation of me taking over, not even from him, but from a lot of the customers and everything else like that. It was like a very, very common occurrence for people to ask me. So when are you taking this over? I don't mind doing it, but at the same time, I know how much work is needed. My dad is, he's done a lot. And I'm, I'm proud to call him my dad, even though, you know, he's not perfect, you know, but at the same time, it's being in that restaurant to me personally is I'm just living in one big shadow. Mm. That's the hardest part for me because when I'm there, they don't, people just don't see me as me. Yeah. People see me as my dad's kid, yeah. you know, and I'm like, you hear all the time, like when we're there, you know, people talk to me just because I'm our dad's kid. Yes. So that, that's what it really comes down to. Like that's that's the amount of pressure and everything that I have to grow up. Like it's always been a countdown of just like, all right, when am I just giving giving up like what I want to do to just take this over? Yeah. No, I think that I think it's really interesting to hear that perspective. Um, I actually didn't think of that, that you'd feel like you'd be in the shadow. So why do you think it's important for you to have your own identity? Or like, I guess, when did you realize that you didn't want to be in the shadow? Probably junior year of high school when I decided to do what interested me. I feel like this is the first time we're having like a really true authentic conversation where I feel like you're you're being really honest with all our listeners, but I've never <laughs> experienced this before. And I really appreciate you opening up people to understand is that you do. There are expectations that you feel like you have to live up to. Right. And, you know, what is some advice that you can give? Here's a tip tip that I can give them is uh, try to please your mom (laughs) and then then communicate properly what you actually want and then keep following her until you have, uh, I want to say, you have an opportunity to to actually do what you want. And then, because 
what can they do? They're just gonna be mad for a few days, few weeks, I don't know, few years maybe, but they'll get over it, you know? Just do what you want. Then actually make something out of it that's respectable so that they'll be like, oh, okay, maybe, maybe it's okay. It's okay that he took that path. I can. Yeah. So I agree. Fail is still bad. Yes. <laughs> if you fail, you uh, you try what they're suggesting. But uh, yeah. I mean, I think the advice I'd probably give is that stay true to who you are. You know, that's that's what it really comes down to. Like, you don't have to really live up to the expectation that other people set for you because you are you. You know, you're not living in anyone's shadow. And like, when it comes to your parents, right? Like, yeah, they might have high expectations for you, but at the same time, as their kid, your job is not to be necessarily the perfect child. Your job is to be a better than. Sure, you can pick up all of tricks from your parents, but at the end of the day, or what they want you to be, and you have to just stand your ground and be yourself. And anything that, like, any failures that they made, you learn from. And just so you can have an easier time, don't take their advice for granted. Because they probably have been in worse situations or just as bad situations. Thank you guys for coming on and sharing your experiences. I've learned a lot about you guys learned a lot about the male perspective, a lot about my brother that I didn't know about. See you next time. Bye-bye. Peace out. Check us out on our next episode.